welcome back to the Dicebreaker podcast. This is episode 52. And would you know it, 52, 52? weekly podcasts. This is our one year anniversary. Oh my god. It's exactly one year ago we launched this podcast, which in 2020 time means we launched this podcast 700 years ago. Or Congratulations, yesterday. everyone. <laughs> yeah, or yesterday. <laughs> Wow, one year. I should we have broken out the champagne. Uh, yeah. I'll instead be, Get the champers out. I'll be breaking champers? out these omega-3 fish oil tablets instead. <laughs> Just cracking Delicious. one open. Just snorting, <laughs> snorting omega-3. Oh, my oh. gosh. I we know, know how to party all. here at Dicebreaker. Yeah. We know how to keep those bones nice <laughs> and strong here at Dicebreaker. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we started as we meant to go on, and one year later, things haven't improved. Uh, I'm Matt Jarvis. I'm the editor-in-chief of Dicebreaker. I'm joined this week by all three of the current Dicebreaker team. Uh, I'm joined by head of video, Michael wills Whelan. Wills. Hello, it's me, head of video, Michael Wheels Whelan. <laughs> How are you doing? Is that written on your on your um, business card? Yeah, they're yeah, really no, that's long. literally the only text. It's in Comic Sans. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm incredibly tired. I didn't get any sleep last night. I don't think anyone else did either. Uh, so if I fall asleep halfway through the podcast, then please It's not you. The- yeah, please enjoy the lovely sounds of my snoring. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're, I'm glad to announce that on our one year anniversary, we're pivoting into an ASMR snoring podcast. Uh, we're, we're going into headspace uh, territory. Mm, I yeah, I love headspace. Um, I mm. I don't know if there's multiple people who do it, but like I get the YouTube ads, and the guy's voice makes me want to punch something. I hate it. <laughs> my my wife absolutely hates it because I listen to it while I'm going to sleep, and it's a lot. It's it's very calming, but it's very calming in that very, um, it's as you'd expect from like a relaxing kind of thing where it's like, the waves are lapping at the shore. But like, Matt, the barrel I, I think you've got quite down. quite a nice relaxing voice. Whereas this guy's like, now we're just going to turn off the lights in your body one at a time. Imagine your toes are turning off. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Who hired this guy? <laughs> I would, yeah. I, I would recommend it. I think uh, the narrated ones they can it can depend on the narrator. I also there are ones that are just kind of like ambient noise of forests or whatever. Yeah, um, which my oh, wife also cool. does not those. like because if it's like lapping water, you just need to go to the toilet every five. I minutes. need to pee anyway. <laughs> that would just be a nightmare for me. <laughs> oh, oh god! Uh, Shout out to uh, rain on monastery roof. Mm. <laughs> I love this one. I love this tune. I'm, I'm feeling so relaxed. Um, we're of course joined also by Alex Lowley's video producer. Hello, Lowley's. How are you doing? Hello, episode fifty-two. Danny Larue. Who's uh, Danny Larue? LaRue? Well, I'll tell you because I was like, "Who the hell is Danny Larue?" So I googled it, and Danny Larue <laughs> is actually an Irish singer and entertainer, oh. best known for his onstage drag persona. Oh. So, which I really like, and I think that's a great way to celebrate fifty-two episodes. Well, the only bingo I've ever been to has been drag bingo, so I feel like that's pretty appropriate <laughs> for me. There you go. It all—it's right. full circle. We're like an Ouroboros we'll... now. We're just eating our own tail. <laughs> yeah, we're like a bingo ball. Uh, yeah, we oh, are like oh, a bingo, a bingo ball. ball. I've just seen as well. He was born in Cork. That's where I'm from. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's. I'm sorry, but that's good. This is good news. No, that's good. Look, the stars align. 
Yeah, he so he was like born in like 1927 or something. So I guess he wow. must have been like big when when bingo was invented. I don't know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> bingo calls were invented, I guess. But yeah, that's that's uh, 52, Danny Lebrun. That's quite cool uh, having like a bingo call named after you. Yeah, yeah that's pretty, that's, pretty that's big. the inspiration I aim for. Yeah, <laughs> um. that's where I'm aiming for. What would be mine? Uh, nothing freeze? rhymes. Freeze. Something freeze wheels. <laughs> What? 43 yields. 43s. <clears throat> Lowly's. It's Lowly's. All the frees. <laughs> You'd be free, 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 right? All the frees. Alex Lowly's. Yeah, but that's, that's... the bingo only goes up to like 90. Look, we're reinventing <laughs> the game. Look. <laughs> Matt Jarvis. Number... Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, nothing works. Me and yeah. none of these Tw- things no, no. work. <laughs> Matt would be 23. My first Dragon name Ball rhymes Z. with an unfortunate number of things. <laughs> 23 Dragon Ball Z is great. Uh, what? 23? Dragon Ball Z. Z. Oh, uh, that is good. Uh, and of course, rounding out the team this week, we have Alex Meehan. Hello, Meehan. How are you? All right. I'm just laughing at my own joke. <laughs> it's the best way to be. That's how we, that's how we have our podcast. Yeah. Uh, we are of course here, if you couldn't tell, which you probably can't, uh, to talk about board games and RPGs and tabletop things. Uh, and as always, as from the very first episode, continuing this winning format, we're going to talk about what we've been playing this week. Let's start with Lolis. Let's start with you. What have you been playing recently? I think for the first time in about 52 weeks, I've actually played stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like at least. Yeah, I've been playing things um, this last week. Uh, I uh, a lot of them are due to work. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, so Quest, Splendor, Shocking, and Din were all games that we I played because we made videos on them. Um, all of which coming soon. Will, yeah, all of which will be coming soon. None of which have, will will have been out. Um, by the time this podcast goes live um but obviously Quack's one of my favorite games i play all the time anyway when i can so that everyone knows Ooh. that uh splendor is one that i hadn't played before so you should Ooh. expect it you've never played for that one i was gonna say um, you've never played splendor i have never played splendor <laughs> it's funny as well because i used to go to um they do like these tabletop nights or they used to at a loading bar in dulston on tuesdays and uh the guy who runs it tim like is a good friend of mine and i remember the night that they did Splendor, and I think I was supposed to go that night, and I was like, and then I didn't go, and I was really annoyed about it uh, that I didn't go, and uh, now I finally got a chance to actually play it, and I really liked it, and we we filmed it like earlier in the week or la- late last week, and um, I've been playing it loads since I got my friend to download the app as well. We've been playing it lots, <laughs> and I keep losing. It's so <laughs> annoying, um, but it's also fun. Yeah, um, no, we uh, we we got the app for like two quid as well. So yeah, that discount still it's, going. By it's the time always in one of those humble bundles. Yeah, uh, yeah. the, the Spender app became one of those ones for me and my wife. Every time we were on a train, which not recently, um, yeah. But every time we were going somewhere, it's just like let's play around a Splendor. Like while we're spending twenty minutes on this train, it's mm. it's a really good app. It's a fantastic game. It's really really good. Wait, do you have the app on your phone? Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I actually did download the app on my phone. I think as well, but I haven't tried it yet. But it's it's good. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Din, obviously, uh, Johnny and Wheels had done a, a, a Let's Play of Din before. Um, so I finally got to, a chance to try it as well. And there's actually a new deck. So uh, Wheels was playing with a new deck and I just played with them. Um, I think I played with the same deck that Johnny played with. Um, uh, you, you were playing the one I played, the Beast. Oh, you played, uh, okay. Which I think I won with. 
I actually can't remember. <laughs> okay, well, to find out if I won with the deck, you'll have to watch the video. Uh, <laughs> and then um, I got to play a couple of physical games as well. I played Quinto, which I've talked about a million times mm. um, on several different platforms, <laughs> um, which is obviously one of my favorite Roll and Writes. And OK Play, which um, is a game by Big Potato Games, who I used to work for. Um, and it's like a little tile lane game that's similar to um, Connect Four, but uh, there's like a little, little bit more to it. Like you're connecting five, which is like when you say that, people are kind of like, Innovation. "Oh wow, it's completely different." <laughs> but it actually is quite different. Um, I don't know if you've played it before, Matt, or yeah, I, I think I have. Is it is it the purple one, I, purple and green, or something? Pur- there, there's a two-player one, which is purple and yellow. Yeah, mm, purple and um, yellow. Yeah. But there's a four-player one as well, which comes with different colours. I was just <clears> confused because it's called like Cinco Linco elsewhere. Cinco, oh, I think they might have. Yes. Yeah, it's called Cinco Linco in America. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cinco Linco in America. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool because I think like the whole thing of it is you can teach it without like there being major language barriers, right? Because it's it's yeah. connect five um on yeah. the table which is like a really nice idea and it is mm. super simple it comes in like a little stack of, it's like a little carry thing with the stack carabina yeah comes yeah, with a yeah. carabina it's it's like literally meant to meant for traveling so you can like hook it on a bag or a belt or whatever i mm. used to um when i used to work at big potato at shows i used to always have it hooked on my belt and i used to just like swing it around and be like look you can carry it around anywhere <laughs> <laughs> imagining you as like a sort of jml like, yeah <laughs> just sort of running it carries up to... around anywhere running up to strangers like do you see a game in my hands no you don't because guess what it's on my belt oh man i should have been doing that we'll also say that um one of the channel's favorite games ever invented happy salmon also comes in a carabiner pouch that can be attached to a lanyard as we found out when we were at an Mm. event yeah Yeah. can you imagine like the big energy you would have of like <laughs> swinging a bag of happy salmon around. Yeah, any, any game weapon, that comes on a carabina is good in my books so far. Mm. Anyway, I haven't come yeah, across it just any improves that. Hard. Yeah, <laughs> instantly. Yeah, so I'm that's pretty like, much it. Terra Mystica on a carabina. <laughs> <laughs> like, Make it happen. Yeah. You will Gloomhaven. Just... just the entire copy of Gloomhaven <laughs> on a. <laughs> me just like oh, crawling shit. along the floor <laughs> because of the weight <laughs> this is my burden it's <laughs> like the worst game of buckaroo just like here's caravaning gloomhaven on caravaning like oh, twilight imperium <laughs> trying to balance yeah. you out we'll we'll get wills to sign a health waiver over, oh yeah yeah, and yeah then yeah. we'll do it we'll use you as <laughs> buckaroo i think this is a great idea actually i think we should do that yeah, yeah. Expect it in live shows. Danny LaRue. Buckaroo. Danny LaRue. We Oh my god. It's 52. (laughs) Buckaroo. Sorry. Yes. Anyway, that's everything. A new new sheet of of bingo calls just for board game fans. (gasps) (gasps) OMG. Let's do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) This is my homework for next week. Another another thing we can do at events when they happen. A dice breaker bingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just make Absolutely. our own bingo calls. Um, yeah, and then we'll have sick prizes. <laughs> sick, like this this breakfast we in a can that we bought. Yeah, I won. Well, my friends and I once won a, a tin of like Duff beer at a rock and roll bingo night in York, uh, where we were all dressed as Gary Oldman, and the rock and roll bingo worked like they play songs, so it's like being in a club. 
but then right, everyone's yeah, yeah. huddled round bingo sheets going like, <laughs> oh, I recognise this one and crossing it off. And we yeah, won this yeah. d- disgustingly cheap beer that just happened to be in Duff, Duff branded cans. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it was not worth it. It was very disappointing. Well, if you can, (laughs) if you can get that can from your friend, then that could be one of our prizes. I mean, this was like ten years ago, so yeah, (laughs) it's just aged well. (laughs) It's a fine vintage. This stuff can. Uh, All right, excellent stuff. I'm gonna segue over to Alex Meehan because I know that you have also played Quacks. Uh, as Alex yeah. always has, it's been a very quack heavy week in the Dice Breaker Yeah, everyone's team. played quacks. Everyone's been played quacks. Everyone's, played, quacks. everyone's played quacks. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's <we've>, playing um... <laughs> quacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I might eventually be turning into a duck because <laughs> I've played quacks so much. That's terrible. Um, yeah, I played it uh, for a, a you've never played video because i'd never played quacks before mm. um, disgusting so i know <laughs> we had to fix that one yeah yeah i was thoroughly scolded and then <laughs> taught how to play the game um by lolis and wills of us as well and you'll be able to see that video in due course exciting stuff um but i was so sort of craving that taste of, of quacks after our our experience, <clears throat> lowlies, that I convinced Mr. Jarvis to play it with me and some other friends oh. over the weekend. Oh. Where was my yeah. invite? <laughs> yeah. Oh! oh the shade called out, called out there. <laughs> next time. Next time. Um, no, we have a group, a regular group that we often play Root or Scythe, but this time I was like, let's try to do something different because I didn't want to play another five hour game of Terraforming Mod. So I was like, <laughs> let's. Entirely fair. Yeah, it was, you know, a bit later in the day. I was like, I don't really want to, you know, be here till midnight playing this game. So let's play some Quacks. And we played it again. I did decidedly better than last time. Good. Um, no spoilers. Yep, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> I did not win, but I came close. Uh, and I believe that our friend won. Yeah. Um, Matt threw it all away. With <laughs> I was his, in the his... lead for so long. And then on the last round, I just... It was really unfortunate. No I drew three of the... Um, they called the white tokens that cherry make bombs. cherry bombs yeah. dingleberries <laughs> yeah the the dingleberry the snowberry cherry they're bombs they're um, called cherry bombs <laughs> but uh i drew three of them in a row uh which just caused me to go kaput if, if i hadn't done that i would have been fine um but Got the last round problem, Matt Jarvis. that's why you just load up on mandrakes <laughs> oh, well yeah. i had so many of the crows the crows are incredible so i love the crows yeah. the, the yeah. one where you can draw four tokens and then can choose to place one and at some point yeah. i had four crow tokens so i was getting like a quadruple crow oh my like God. run Lodi's last board i won't spoil anything but Lodi's last board was was crow heavy i'll say that <laughs> my god it was yeah. In there was definitely a murder happening. <laughs> uh, that works, huh? <laughs> um, You're trying out a new stand-up routine. You got all the jokes coming out. <laughs> I'm just a funny person, Will. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Matt Jarvis has a gambling problem. We've established. Wow. Um, yeah, you just could not stop. You just and you were whispering in my ear 
going, do it. Come on, keep going, me in. I've got, I've got yeah, well, you know. Next token in the back. I'm not playing a push your luck game to just stand there and go, yeah, play it safe here, I guess. Like, I'll draw That's, until think... I'm... I think every push your luck game is just made better by people being like, keep going, keep yeah, doing exactly. it, go on. go on. That's why I love that it's simultaneous as well, because <clears throat> you can see other people and you're like, oh, if I just drew two more tokens, I get past them and I get mm. to roll the die. Yeah. It's so good. I love that. Yeah. Game. When Literally, yeah. we were playing it for the, you've never played, and I was like, why haven't I bought this yet? I love this. Mm, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I kind of want a copy now. Like yeah. the, the one, I think the one criticism... I think we all shared because the friends we played it with hadn't played it before either and they mm-hmm. they seemed to really enjoy it. Um, we're not huge on the art style. Like, I like the way the pot looks, um, but I don't love the design of the characters and well, the box. In, yeah, in my... Um, I did a Why You Should Play on Quacks like 100 years ago and <laughs> literally I talk about how when because it was a friend of mine who introduced me to it and he had a copy of it and I remember him taking the box out and me being like looking at the box and being like this looks terrible that Um, is exactly what I first thought about it when I saw it yeah yeah, but then like for me the game is so 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 good like it's I I think I bought it like almost straight away and I became obsessed with it very quickly and I have like all the expansions I think Um, and I'm actually literally while we're talking about this because I've been looking at these for like two years now you know they've got these like geek up bits that you can get like um oh the little plastic acrylic things yeah, yeah i've oh been looking at them God. for ages and i've always been like no they're too expensive but i'm literally on the website right now <laughs> looking at How them being they like cost? they're like 42 dollars whoa yeah yeah because that's more expensive that's... than the game the game is like 30 <laughs> pounds or something for the whole game mm. um yeah, but how so... how much do you like Quacks, Loli? I love it so much. There you go. But mm. I would say the the gameplay does outweigh outweigh my criticisms of the the art style and the yeah. pot looks great. I like the way the pot looks. The mod that we played on TTS was wonderful because mm. it had it. No, we so Matt and I the one we played over the weekend. Oh, did you play a different mod from us? We played a different one, and it had, like, the person who had made this had gone, like, above and beyond. They put, like, little bubbles in the pot, <gasps> mm. and, like, when you exploded, you would flip a thing around, and a puff of smoke would come Whoa! out of the pot. Yeah, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't use that one. I oh know, my it's god. so good! Existed. Wow. It, Gosh, it was really impressive. Um, so someone clearly loves Quacks, so whoever made that. Yeah. But, um, A lot of us yeah, do, apparently. We, mm. uh, we played that. I played some Seven Wonders. Nice. Um, which I I really, I enjoy it. Like, it, it, I'm not, you know, wild about it. I do like it. Um, it's a good game to sort of just pop out. And... It's one of those classics, isn't it? The, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I think I feel the same. I really like it, but it's not like I don't love it. It's like a good mm. game. Yeah, like it's a good uh, game to just sort of kill some time with. Um, I like the fact that it it has like loose strategy elements and the fact that you have to have some form of like, okay, this is the plan. This is kind of what I'm investing in. But it's so quick to play and, and so straightforward that it's like a, a strategy like light. It's mm. like, this is very quick and, you know, if it doesn't work out, then it's not a huge deal because you've not had to invest a load of time in something yeah. and then feel like, oh, well, I'm, I'm 
boned now, aren't I? Um, I do in- enjoy that game. It's it's really good. And stay tuned for something on that in the future. <gasps> but well, not necessarily on the Dicebreaker <laughs> website. Oink. Uh, it's on Eurogamer to be like, oh, okay. oh, right. before <laughs> anyone thinks that like Liam's like, leaving or writing for a competitor we do a we do <laughs> no, a monthly no. thing on Eurogamer where we recommend a board game I uh, want it to be mysterious I going to be like launching is, a Patreon by yeah. <laughs> just doing seven wonders though yeah. <laughs> just seven wonders stuff um, and I also played Libertalia Way, um, I love Libertalia yeah I managed to rustle a group of friends together because I was like uh, looking on Board Game Arena, what was on offer, and I was like, "Oh, Libertalia's on there. Mm-hmm. I haven't played that in a while." And um, we had a big group for it, which meant that it took a little while because quite a lot of us hadn't played or couldn't remember how to do it. And I think part of the experience was mired by that because a lot of it was we're just trying to figure out what we're doing mm-hmm. and what some of the card descriptions are a bit confusing sometimes um they can be interpreted in certain ways that i'm like mm, i'm not sure whether it means this or that um but i did really quite bad um you know which is standard but for some reason people were just dunking on me like in the first campaign that we were doing uh, split into three campaigns people were just dunking on me they were just like giving me cursed like someone used a monkey on me and gave me all their cursed totem, like token, and like someone was using the the sword on me and killing the people in my den. I just like so it meant by the time the second campaign came round and people were, you know, chose a different target, uh, I found it very difficult to kind of recover. And like some of it was my fault. I did do some misplays. It it's were. a pretty aggressive game, isn't it? Like, mm. It is. It's yeah. savage. It. That's why. That's why Lonies are so mm. into it. <laughs> love it. It was it one of the first games up. that got me into board games, so you know, uh-huh. it makes a lot of oh, sense. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I would have a big criticism of that game, and I think it's partly due to the fact that it's not been printed for a while. Mm. I know it's so uh, annoying. I really want a copy. <laughs> is that the only person of color in that game? Is the Voodoo Doctor? Mm. and it's like come on guys like this is you need to do better than that like it's very much an old guard game isn't it it needs needs a fresh set of eyes on it yeah i think a new edition would would help that aspect of the game particularly um yeah that was kind of disappointing but aside from that it's fun like Mm. i would probably need to play it again to get a better feel of it I just feel like it was a bit all over the place because people weren't sure what they're doing and everything. But um, no, it's a good game. And the board game arena version is works fine. Um, that's what I have played. All right. Oh, right. Wheels. Excellent. I'm going to... Wheels. No, I'm no, going to jump in here. No, 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 it's my turn. No, I've got a segue to up. So we've been <laughs> chatting about Quacks, uh, which, of course, you put bits in a bag. Uh, and yesterday, I oh played another God. game that involves putting bits in a bag and putting Matt bits Jarvis in a bag. Matt Jarvis will do anything for a segue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you line them up, I knock them down. Grovelling on his hands yeah. and knees. Well, you've like made this one so it. smooth and painless that, you know. <laughs> so I backed oh last year, gosh, maybe even 2019, under 2019, uh, Bullet Heart, I think is the technical name for it, um, which we, I think we played on a video a let's play a long time back maybe with johnny yeah 
Um, so for those who don't know, it's from Level 99, who do things like Millennium Blades and Pixel Tactics and Exceed the fighting games. Um, but it is basically like a shmup, the video game genre of like flying ship around, bullet hell, kind of dodging stuff. But it's that as a board Shoot game. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's that as a board game. And at least it has that kind of as its like visual style. But really, in practice, it plays more like Tetris. Um, oh. a, a kind of Tetris. It's a very loose comparison. But it's a kind of puzzle game where you draw bullets from a bag. Um, your bullets are these kind of round tokens. And you place them in columns. Uh, and as you place them, they basically drop down depending on the number on the bullet. And you are trying to then use a limited number of action points to manipulate the bullets around and form certain patterns, which then lets you clear them off your board and send them to the person next to you, Um, which is kind of like how competitive Tetris works in a lot of ways. Um, There is a boss battle mode as well, like a co-op mode and a single player mode, uh, which uh, a long time back, I think me and you and I played with a friend of yours. Um, Yeah, we played with my flatmate. Yeah. Uh, and that was really good. Like the co-op mode is really interesting as well. It's like a very different, distinct thing. Um, but I was playing yeah. last night uh, with my wife um, and we were playing the competitive mode and bullets still really good. Like, like I said, I backed mm. on Kickstarter after playing the tabletop simulator demo because I was so enamored with it. And it's just a really, it's not like another game that I've played in terms of how well it captures that puzzly feeling. Like, you're meant to play with a timer of exactly three minutes. So there's, like, an official soundtrack on Spotify, which is very, like, you can tell that they just played a load of, like, uh, like mid-90s to kind of mid-noughties, um, like, bullet hell shooters, like, niche, like, cave games and stuff like that. Um, it's very of that style. Uh, but all the songs are exactly three minutes and you're meant to play against the clock. Uh, my wife had never played before, so we actually didn't use the timer yesterday. Um, but it's just a really fun game. Like, the rules are pretty simple and once you know the basics, like, you have individual characters who have different powers, like, you're trying to line up patterns and clear them, you're getting bullets and you're trying to, you know, clear as much as you can, but at some point you have to place all the bullets from your bag every round. So you can just get to a point where you're like, oh no, I'm out of action points like i'm screwed or like i'm likely to be screwed because my columns are chocker um Mm. it's a really a really good game like i can see myself playing it for a a while to come oh that's good Um, and matt is there another particular reason why you like this game so much tell us (laughs) what particular reason might there be why you might like this game matt uh i don't know what you're insinuating (laughs) I mean, the the art style is like I assume this is what you're going on about. The art style is very like anime esque, as oh, with most of Level Nine. Oh, yeah. So you have like these different heroes um, who are all heroines, um, and there's like the baseball star. So she's got like a flaming baseball bat, and there's one who's like a composer. Um, mm. It's it's very over the top. But there's like bits of lore in the rule book about all of them. <laughs> I think the lore is that they're like defending the earth from something. Amazing. Like it's it's <laughs> all very themselves. kind of yeah. Um but yeah, like it's uh, as far as I've seen so far, so I've only used a few of the characters, there's nothing been there's nothing uh that's been too untoward in terms of the art style. Uh yeah, I no, it's one of the better ones. Yeah. There have been other examples where you're like, mm, yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah it it feels kind of faithful to that genre of like, you know, like schmuppy kind of fast-paced puzzle game. 
uh, video mm. games, which I think is yeah. impressive. Like I've not played something that feels similar and kind of has that same pace and, and puzzle to it. I've never um, heard the word shmuppy before. Uh, just that's, that's unsurprising. Yeah, shmuff is the normal kind of word that people never use. Never heard either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know... Um, oh, shoot em up. Oh. Yeah, like classic war games, it was like, um up for some reason. So it was like, beat em up, shoot em up, like... Uh, dodge them up i think it's so like like other things like that where it was like what is the main function that you are performing in this, in this game <laughs> what is the main function <laughs> well obviously games have got a little bit more complicated since so they don't really work quite as well mm. uh so yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying that i think they've just announced an expansion that is called bullet orange so like mm. bullet is spelled oh. with a little heart emoji and bullet orange is a little orange emoji i think it has some characters from the orange juice series which when I'm not familiar is with. bullet um, well, God, aubergine coming out. <laughs> Is that like the not safe for work expansion that you get from the games? <laughs> Bullet aubergine. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying Bullet. Uh, like I said, I backed on Kickstarter, so take that as what you will, but I have no other affiliation other than I liked it and then decided that I wanted a copy. Uh, the other thing I've been playing, other than Quacks, is Arkham Horror Mother's Embrace, which is the video game of the Arkham <laughs> Horror series. <laughs> This man, Jarvis. Whoa. Video game. Well, it's oh, right. based on the board game, though. Uh, so, how, how based on the board game is it? So, it's it was originally announced as Mansions of Madness, Mother's Embrace, and then they retitled it to Arkham Horror, which is kind of like the overarching universe. But it is still very much Mansions of Madness. You uh, walk around as the investigators from the Arkham Horror series. Uh, you look at clues. You fight monsters occasionally. In like so, the exploration isn't turn-based, unlike the board game. It's all real-time, three D environments. You walk around, you look at stuff. The bad voice acting goes, "Hmm, a clue." Uh, <laughs> the voice acting is very inconsistent. Uh, some of the characters are fine. Some of the characters are unbearable. Um, there is William Yorick, who's the grave digger, who will be familiar if you've played any of the I games. I know your, yeah, like, I know William Yorick. Named obviously after the Shakespeare like reference and yeah. I think is holding a skull in the picture. Every, every line or every other line is some kind of shoehorn Shakespeare reference. Oh, it's no. unbearable. Um, it's like... one, of my, one of my favorite Shakespeare things in video games is, uh, Zalabir Nelson Jr. Who is a very, very funny games writer who you might know from Hypnospace Outlaw. He, um, I read one of his tweet threads recently where he was like, well, not that recently, a couple of weeks ago, where he said that every single game he puts out where he's like, like in charge of the narrative, he has a character called Chad, uh, Chad Shakespeare, um, <laughs> and you can you can get a glimpse of him in in like one of the new game traces put out where it's just like he talked to Chad Shakespeare and he says, "Forsooth, my dude," and it's, it just cracks me up every time I see it because it keeps scrolling <laughs> past, like, keep, keep just waiting for that one line and then just going on with my day. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but yeah, like Mother, Mother's Embrace. So far, I've played uh, like a handful of the levels. I think I don't think it's a super long game. It's about fifteen. Mm-hmm quid so it, it is a budget experience the characters move unbearably slowly there is a trigger marked except so i'm playing on switch and the performance is not great but it's on switch so maybe it's better on ps4 and pc and so on um but there's a trigger marked accelerate which presumably they didn't call run because it couldn't be classified as run legally because <laughs> they are <laughs> so slow even when you hold the trigger that it's just like you move from being almost completely stationary to being slightly unstationary. Um, <laughs> and the writing so far is just a bit like, pff, like mm. it's, 
it's apparently it's written by the Fancy Flight writers, but I believe several of the designers yeah. from the board games have departed since then. Like I generally like the mansions writing. It's very over the top and a bit B-movie-esque, yeah. but it works. Here it just, I think maybe because people are speaking it and the voice acting isn't great, yeah. it just lands a bit flat. There's some not great stuff around when you visit Arkham Asylum, the psychiatric hospital, and you just end up having to basically murder a load of possessed um, patients um, with ve- like no justification or anything like yeah. that. Uh, at points like the animation is a bit clunky all over but at points it just changes to basically like still images of <laughs> like for cut scenes it's just like here are five still images oh come on kind of don't thing. be lazy like that <laughs> it's just yeah it's but weirdly I'm compelled to keep going with it I think because I like the board games like I like Arkham Horror I, I like mean Mansions, you do I like notoriously also like bad yeah, bad I mean, things. Yeah, bad content. Bad horror <laughs> movies are a thing of mine, like bad games also. So it's it yeah, I'm weirdly compelled to just see what happens, but I don't think I can recommend it. Uh like if you're if you're looking to spend twenty quid or whatever it is on something, I would recommend just waiting. Maybe at Fiverr, it's fine. But I think it's just one of those it just falls a bit flat in too many areas. It which is a real shame. Because I think there's a lot of potential there. They do some interesting stuff with the Arkham Horror universe and characters. Mm. Um, like there's there's probably a really good game to be made out of that universe, but this is not that game. Well, Matt, let me show you how Segway's done. Because speaking of Arkham Horror, I've been playing the <laughs> Arkham Horror card game. Wow. Um, which <laughs> it's almost like Flawless. a set it up this way, Wheels. Look, I'm a professional, you know. What's that meant um, to be? <laughs> Yeah, no, I I have been playing. So um, I think on the last podcast I said that we grabbed the Dunwick Legacy, which is one of the like expansion boxes for the Arkham Horror card game. Because I remembered, oh god, I really love the Arkham Horror card game. I need to play more of it. So we were like, right, I'm going to do it. Uh, and like now that now that I've, we've properly gotten into it, me and my partner, we are going to try and do a whole campaign. So we got the blister packs that that come for the Dumbo Legacy, so there's like six of them. And now I've got so many cards everywhere, I'm like having to like get deck boxes and stuff. Like I, My life has lost all control. But um, let me tell you, the Arkham Horror card game is fantastic, and it continues to be really, really, really good. Um, and though, uh, though we'll probably end up talking about the same things over and over again because we'll keep dying, <laughs> I am going to be doing updates from Arkham. I'll insert jingle here. Uh, and... <laughs> Which is, I'm basically just going to tell you what we've been up to in our in our Lovecraft adventures. Um, so, this week on updates from Arkham, uh, we went to the Miskatonic Museum um, and almost died. Uh, I'm going to try and not spoil any story stuff, but I'm going to I'm probably going to have to spoil the um, like the mechanical stuff. Uh, so what my favorite thing about the the card game so far is that like every single scenario feels really different. Like they've tried like a new fun mechanical thing. So it's like when, you know, like Magic the Gathering or whatever release like a new pack of cards and they've got a few new mechanics in it. But instead it's like, hey, we're going to play this this like um, small version uh, of the game which has this brand new mechanic in it, which is going to make it really interesting. So, for example, in the museum we had like this, there was only one enemy in the entire deck. But it, every time you defeated it, it went into the void and came back stronger. So it was like every mm-hmm. single time it was like harder and harder to kill. Um, and we finally got to like like the the main objective was to get to like this one area where we were trying to find the Necronomicon, um, and we found it. And then the hunting horror appeared, like the strongest it's ever been. And the card effect is 
you cannot investigate clues whilst the hunting horror is in your location. We were like, oh, God, <laughs> oh, no. Um, so we were just kind of like stuck there for ages. Uh, my partner had to like blow themselves and the hunting horror up with dynamite. Like, it was it was big action movie vibes. Um, but the reason I wanted to, to talk about this so much is because the scenario after that is called the Essex County Express. And you play it, Matthew Jarvis, on a train. Um, Tell me more, Wheels. So, <laughs> is the train um, haunted? The train, <laughs> is, the train is more than haunted. It is literally destroying itself as you play. It's oh, very, wow. very cool. So you have, um, you have like, so for, if anyone hasn't played Arkham Horror before, like instead of like a big board or whatever, it's card games. So the locations are on cards, and you kind of like move between them. In this one, you put obviously it's a train, so you have like a long line of cards all going from left to right, and they are all just adjacent to each other. And your objective is very simple. Get from the back of the train to the front <laughs> so that you can either get off or hit the brakes or whatever. Um, so you, you do this kind of thing, and every time you go into a new carriage, uh, because it's like a time thing, like imagine you're playing like one of those like platformers where like the left of the screen is like coming after you. Mm. Every time you go into a new carriage, you're like taking a different type of damage. There are like innocent bystanders that you have to try and either help or leave behind, but if they die, then you take horror damage. Mm. Um, but the way that Arkham works is you've got an agenda deck and an act deck. You're trying to advance the act deck by getting clues, but uh, there's doom counters which get placed on the agenda. And if either one of them reaches their like number limit, then you flip the card and see what happens. So you want to get clues because that's good. Um, in this case, you just had to get to the end of the carriages. Uh, but the doom keeps ticking on. So every time you reveal one of those doom cards, it's like there's a giant portal into another dimension opening <laughs> in the sky above you. Uh, and every single time you flip one of these cards, carriages literally disappear and everyone who is in those carriages dies. Wow. And it's like, oh my God. Um, so we were like literally being chased through um the the rooms not by monsters by like a ticking time bomb that was just going to explode everything we were standing on it was very very cool very fun we got to literally the penultimate carriage before getting into the place that we wanted to and we ran out of time and went uh. into the void <laughs> so we're gonna have to play it again but yeah i am having a whale of a time of arkham horror i very very much recommend it if anyone wants to do like a campaign game it's very very good um, on top of that, I played Micro Macro because that finally arrived. Mm -hmm. um, so me and Lodi did a little playthrough with the demo online. Um, I found so Matt, you got you've, you're like halfway through it, right? Yeah, I think so. We did a few cases a little while ago. I think we we probably played more than half the cases at this point. There's 16 in yeah. there, I think. So so I I found that it loses a bit of steam as it goes on because it doesn't really introduce anything new, um, and it's kind of like so the way that it works is you've got this big map, which is like a Where's Wally puzzle, so you're like searching around. Um, but you like you follow people through it. So it's like as you move, like time advances um like through the map. So you could follow someone's route as they walk like from their house to the crime scene mm -hmm. or something like that. So you can you can trace backwards, like, oh, they got in this car or they went in the subway. And that's kind of the only gimmick they really have. Um, which made it a little bit like um like by the end of it we were like yeah okay cool sold like we, we were even doing the advanced mode where you don't ask questions you just try and work out and then ask the questions at the end right um but we found it a little bit easy um me and my partner play a lot of detective games so that might it might just be that this one's a bit more beginner friendly um but our big problem was like because you've got this massive map you're solving like a case and you keep accidentally seeing all the answers to the other cases so like there's like, for example, there's this one where, and you can't not see it, there's like a guy dressed as a superhero all around the city. <laughs> and like, 
every time you go somewhere, because he moves all around the city, by the time you get to the case, like you've seen everything that the case has. So yeah. it's like, we, I literally answered it in one go. I was like, yeah, this happens, then this happens, and then it yeah. So like, that kind of lost a bit for us. We had a similar thing where it's like we were doing one of the earlier cases. Because are you following them in the book? There's like a recommended... Yeah, we're going okay, through, so yeah, the, we're through the, the list. Same, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I said, do I for one? I was like, oh, there's some scissors on a roof here. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. And then like a couple of cases there, it's like, oh, right. Like now we're being told to find something on a roof. And it's like, yeah. it's probably that pair of scissors. Yeah. Um, Which is a bit of a shame. Because I mean, that's kind of just like one of the, the dangers of that. Have you have you cracked it open yet? Like Lisa, I know you've got copies of No, I haven't actually, no. But it was like even when oh, we I can played see it. In the background, it actually. Yeah. <laughs> when uh when we played it, um wasn't there like that thing where um we were looking for the guy like where was he before he died or something and I was like he was literally where we started because we'd zoomed in on the map to start yeah, the video. We were like, oh let's just zoom in on this random bit. And, and this like, random oh, guy, was. yeah. <laughs> and he was right there, like talking to an old lady. And I like I was well no, he wasn't he was in a queue with an old lady and I just had noted it because I was like, they have the same hairstyle. I wonder if they're related. Ha ha ha. Like to myself. Um, so I can see that happening. Yeah. As, as you, the more you play, it, especially because I, I reckon you would pick up on things as you play. Yeah. Cause you have to scour, right? So mm. like by the end of it, you, you've kind of got an idea of how most of the map looks like. And you're like, Oh yeah, I remember this guy. I've seen him here. I remember that weapon or whatever, um, which is a shame. So I'd be interested to see now that they've kind of got a proof of concept. I'd be interested to see what they do with it in the next run of it. Mm. If they do like a, a like a micro macro colon something else, um, it might be like an interesting thing if you like uncrack parts of the map or something like that yeah, to try and stop you like viewing too many. Or it's double sided or something, and you have to yeah, flick between or, two different time zones or yeah, or like a or like a subway map and a city map mm. or something like that. You know, um, so uh, sorry, I've played a lot of games this week, so I'm going to rattle through <laughs> these. Um, I also played Quack, Din, and Splendor, which have been talked about before. All very good. Um, we also did we did a sponsored let's play, so I will just say that we oh, were yeah. sponsored to do that let's play. But we played Monster Hunter World, um, which was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, it it felt you were saying Matt, it felt, kind of felt like the Dark Souls board game, which I haven't played, but uh, a bit more refined. Yeah. So actually, I'm writing up a piece for the website, which should mm. be live by the time this goes up. We'll say that will be live. I'll set myself <laughs> that deadline. Um, <laughs> but basically, I think it takes the best parts of Dark Souls, which were the boss fights and scraps mm. all the crap pits, which was everything else from the Dark Souls board game. <laughs> um, so like Dark Souls was bad because you just had to grind and grind and grind for loot and levels. But mm. Monster Hunter largely just cuts to the chase. It's like, bam, here's the monster. There's a bit of like choose your own adventure stuff at the start, but it's yeah. not particularly heavy. It's just like a couple of passages that sets up different variables. But mostly it's just like, read some little bits of text, bam, you're in the fight, go. Uh, and as, I think, like the resident monster hunter person, um, shock, uh, <laughs> I found that it, it did actually feel pretty genuine to the video games, like in the ways that all the weapons were different, like Lodi's with the sword and shield was much more kind of agile and able to pull off combos, like you had the dual mm. blades. I had the great sword, so I was slower and I could do fewer kind of actions per turn. But when I hit, they were kind of hitting a lot harder. Um, like stun as well, right? Yeah. Handy, yeah. And that feeling of kind of moving around the edge of the monster and predicting its movements to try and break its tail or break its face mm. or, you know. Break its bum. Break, break its, its bum, bum yeah. I was, trying to, I was trying to dance around that, but here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I so think. He's got this new habit of jumping on my PC every time he does. I'm like, please don't stand on the power <laughs> I might need to get one of those little caps you get for buttons where you like flip it to yeah. like it's an ignition or something. Like, like that. yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I think it's it's really promising. Um, 
obviously we need to play more we didn't really get into the campaign stuff i think they say that the yeah. campaign can be up to like 70 hours so i, I feel don't like know how that's where the grind's gonna come be. in yeah because, yeah because they showed us like a big tech tree of like his or like crafting tree of like here's how you make all your new armor and stuff and it kind of implies that like the video because the video game's pretty grindy as well but it kind of leans into that mm. um so it kind of implies that you have to like do multiple of the same mission over and over again to get the materials you need um and the materials were kind of like I think they had a bit of a random chance to which ones you get as well based on the scout fly level or something like that. Yeah, but you could break specific things to guarantee those items. So mm, some yeah. of it was random, which I think is how the like is how the video games work. Like you say, it's it's a bit grindy. Um, yeah. But if you target certain, like if you break its tail, you'll get its tail bone or whatever yeah. it may be. So yeah, bone. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Bone bone. Um, <laughs> That's obviously, what I, just said. <laughs> I think it's on Kickstarter. My, maybe by the time this goes up, I think it's I launching think, soon. Yeah, April twentieth of April. Oh, twentieth. Oh, okay. I'm way off. Yeah. Yeah. Bit off. So, yeah. 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 My tattoo. Um, <laughs> but it's a big yeah. old box of miniatures and stuff. So it's yeah. it's very it's, much it's in a that Steam Forge video yeah. game yeah, yeah, yeah. box. You know, like you kind of expect it by now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, it, it's a licensed game, and yet we still had fun, which I think says a lot. You know. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I've been playing, and we're really running out, we've spent like 45 minutes talking about games, so I'll, I'll be quick on this, uh, is Magic the Gathering Arena. Uh, and I'm now silver rank wow. with my deck, so I just want to point that out. Um, I I showed, like, I showed <laughs> off. <laughs> Lonely's an art. It's better than bronze. It's better than bronze. That's all I can tell you. Um, happy for you. Yeah, thank you. For you. But I, so I, I built a deck because I like I got this one card that I really liked that was like a Valkyrie from the new set because I think it's it's Coldheim or something which is like the Vikings yeah. sort of like themed one. Um, so it, there's loads of Valkyries and they all kind of like work together. So I've got I've got like a Valkyrie themed deck and then I found this other card that somebody else was playing against me and I was like oh that looks cool I might go like craft that using the materials thing um, and build that into my deck and suddenly I just started winning and winning and winning. Um, and now I'm in like silver rank and I'm doing okay. And I, I posted a picture in the in the DB Slack, uh, and Chase, our sort of like uh, news correspondent, um, was like, "Oh, uh, you're you're at the bleeding edge of the meta wheels." I was like, "Really? I did not know that." Because <laughs> I just sort of like I just randomly put some cards together, and it just happened to be the deck that people were playing, <laughs> which is kind of handy. Um, but yeah, I've been actually having a really good fun time with it. I haven't spent a single cent on it like i've just been doing the free to play stuff and it's yeah it's been it's been decent so cool give it a whirl all right let's roll quickly into news uh we'll be blasting through these headlines up first yeah the, the chopper's in high speed right now <laughs> yeah uh, the whirling around. <laughs> uh alex mean tell us about the new game from matt leacock of pandemic fame whoa whoa um okay <laughs> <laughs> well, well, still breaking. <laughs> yeah matt leacock is making a new game uh called climate crisis which is a, looks like it's essentially going to be uh pandemic but environmentalism so uh new york the new york times wow. matt leacock yeah. keeping it real over here yeah <laughs> keeping um, us all grounded when we when yeah. we're trying to get away from the problems of the world <laughs> Is uh is responsible for the source of this article. Um, yeah, spoke with not just Leacock but Elizabeth Hargrave and uh, like a few other designers about the game. And yeah, it's going to be a co-op game. You'll work together to try and deal with uh, emissions and like lower those and uh, provide ways to improve 
uh, the the situation that we're at, we're finding ourselves in now. Um, there's no confirmed release date for the game um, or publisher, but it exists. It's still being developed, I believe. And yeah, it, it sounds interesting. Um, definitely, you know, highlighting a problem that's that's really important right now. And I will be like slightly interested as to what the like what the mechanic is for mm. solving the climate crisis. Cause <clears throat> it could like if they if they kind of are a little bit too. Um, I don't know how to word this because I'm not an expert on, on the climate crisis, but there there are things that sort of like. You know, like oh, we'll plant a tree for every like yeah. PC yeah. that we sell you or whatever. Where it's so like the... it's, it seems more like a band aid than an actual putting thing. it on individuals rather than the corporations exactly, that actually contribute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So some of I think the examples that were in the article uh, of cards that players could use uh, can build clean energy structures like solar power plants or um, or improve you know recycling efforts. So. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be an emphasis on, hey, corporations are doing a lot of the damage here. Maybe we should focus on what they're doing. But um, yeah, that's all we know so far. So it's exciting. You know, Matt Leacock making a cart game. It sounds very similar to Pandemic. Mm. People like that. Um, there you go. Be interested Is there to see... a card? Oh, sorry, carry on, Matt. I was going to say, I'd just be interested to see how much it differs to Rising Tide, the pandemic that was mm. about, I think, flooding in the Netherlands. It was one of the survival series ones. Yeah. Because um, that had similar, I think, aspects of, obviously, flooding, but trying to build barriers and direct the floods. From what I have heard, it's maybe not the among the strongest of the pandemic titles, but I think it's interesting that those that kind of framework is being applied to these different you know, relatively important topics, doing what board games can do to at least spread the word at the very kind of mm. uh, base level. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, right. I was going to say, is there a card that lets you put Jeff Bezos in jail? For... <laughs> <laughs> Matt we had a wish. bit more of an interesting point. <laughs> uh, all right, next story. Ouroboros, Coils of the Serpent. Uh, mm. The new D&D 5e setting? From from yes. Blizzard folks, uh, me and you also what? wrote this one and spoke to them about it. Yeah, uh, I've got to try and work out how to say this. Uh, so Ouroboros, um, yeah, Coils of the Serpent. It's a new setting based on D and D five E. So the system they're using is D and D five E, but there's going to be some significant unique elements to the setting. So this has been uh, co-created by uh, Chris Menson who basically used to do world building for Blizzard. So he's worked on Diablo, uh, World of Warcraft, Warcraft specifically, Overwatch, I think as well, done some work for, uh, along with, oh, I can't remember the other co-founder. It's embarrassing. Um, apologies <laughs> for that. Uh, Mike um, Gilmartin, is that it? That's the one. Um, Mil- Mike Gilmartin, yeah. Thank you, Lolies. Um yeah, they're, they're releasing this uh, source book that's like an introduction to this world that they've created. Um, there's possibly going to be more in, in, in like a series, but the first book is called World Book Law Brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the world is called Law Brand. Um, yeah. Uh, it's got elves and and dwarfs and whatever but also it's got some unique races that they've created 
or species uh, that they created themselves. Uh, I think there's some images of them. Um, got a tentacle head. <laughs> yep, that seems to be. He's got a tentacle them, head, man. I know. He's got a tentacle. No, mate. And he's got catfish um, whiskers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some kind of fish man. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, and the. There's going to be some maybe steampunk elements, I think, involved. So there is a news article just sort of running through the main aspects of it. and But there is a full-on interview Q&A article you can read if you want to get the full experience of, of what this is going to be. Um, the It's going to be launched on Kickstarter on April 20th, funnily enough. Mm. Everything's landing um, on 420. Everything's landing on 420. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, and there'll be several pledge options you can choose from, and presumably if this one does well, then they'll release some other source books building on, on the setting. So this is the first thing that Warchief Gaming, the company that Menson co-founded, is uh, putting out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of fantasy settings yeah. when they don't do anything particularly like nothing really stood out to me as as being like oh wow that sounds interesting apart from maybe the ouroboros thing where you can get certain powers from the ouroboros which is like the world serpent not i don't think the same as the norse one um and if you use some of those powers then you can potentially turn against your allies and maybe become the villain of your campaign. But I would say that's the only, to me, that was the only thing that really stood out. A lot of the rest of it kind of sounded like, that's a fantasy thing. Yeah, and it's mm. like based on the campaign that Metzen ran as like a teenager yeah, or something, a, right? A, and it's just a, like... Yeah. It, yeah, we got a lot of those already. Yeah, oh, of... like, oh, we were lacking D&D 5e books based on someone's on fantasy <laughs> yeah which yeah. is a real shame because like i i'm a big fan of blizzard games like like i think i've played all of them basically it's like and and the worlds in them and the characters in them are really interesting like it's one of blizzard's strengths and metzen was involved with a lot of that during his time there and this feels like a bit of a just yeah it just feels weirdly generic in a way that you wouldn't yeah. expect from someone of such like a, a high a, profile it feels like a bit of a vanity project i think if it's like sort of a Oh, I've been playing this since I was a teenager. It's like, okay, cool. That doesn't mean anybody else cares. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think a lot of us are just tired with settings yeah. like those, particularly in the tabletop world. There's just they're kind of a dime a dozen, mm. and yeah, it, it kind of feels like maybe we kind of wanted something a bit different. So yeah, like when it comes to RPG settings at the moment, I'm definitely more intrigued by not fantasy setting or, or ones that kind of subvert the the genre a bit mm. more this one definitely feels like yeah your bread and butter yeah mm. there and are there is magic there are swords yeah and papering over D's framework doesn't necessarily fix the like more inherent problems in it yeah that was a, a question i did ask a question during the interview specifically saying hey there have been some racial issues in D. there still are are you going to do anything, you know, have you been following this? Is there anything in this setting that helps, you know, like alleviate that issue? And 
kind of felt like they were dodging around the question with their answer. It was basically, you can create whatever character you like using our different species. And it's kind of like, that's that not really before. what I was asking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that kind of like put me in a position where like, mm, yeah, I kind of feel like at the moment we're looking for RPG settings that that tackle that particular problem and provide an alternative that yeah and it feels like this isn't that so mm-hmm. there you go all right uh one more from you me and uh racking up the news this save patient zero uh which is not an instruction it is the name of a game <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is a an interesting one it's um uh, a new game that's coming to kickstarter next month um it's it's the deduction game where you're playing you're in a team or and your rival pharmaceutical companies who are attempting to find a cure to a disease um they did uh, the, the the people who make this um the the publisher um helvetic i believe i'm saying that right uh assured me that the idea kind of came before covid or anything like that it's not inspired by by that um but you have to try and discover a a, a combination of molecules that's randomized every time for each team and each team are, are searching for their own so each team are searching for the same the same combination of molecules and they use these different cards to kind of perform different actions to narrow down like the possibilities of what molecules it could be and there's one person who plays a game master um, who you have to hand the cards to or whatever tool you're using say you know and they have to sort of go through the process uh, to give you like oh this is you know the response to this card you're using so like one of the cards or one of the tools you can use like has a little see-through clear thing on it that you can put over a board uh, a section of the board and then the gm can point out to you which of the molecules you're highlighting are are included in the the correct combination um it's a mixture of of that and everyone kind of has their own hidden screen to hide their results and and what they're doing it sounds interesting there's going to be a two-player mode uh, which adapts things uh they're also potentially having a mode which uh, adds a, a an app that can replace the GM, but it depends on how much they manage to raise. Um, yeah, I was about to say it feels, it feels like a game that needs an app, like uh, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, yeah. it's like Alchemist, isn't it, with that kind of like deducing which are the correct ingredients you need, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, th- apparently, according to them, the GM mode is fun, but obviously that's their <laughs> that's their their sort of perspective on it uh i can't confirm whether it is or not um but yeah i i think it's coming um on eight on april 20th as well Look, it's, all, it's all going it's on it's all kicking off 
So yeah, there you all go. Right, cool. They all really thought they were being like quite clever by the end. They've absolutely screwed themselves. <laughs> uh, I've got there are two more news stories. Uh, they're relatively heavy ones, so I'll whiz through them. But I would advise you go and read the full stories on the website because it's a lot to cover in a podcast, and they're kind of more serious and complex discussions mm. than we can cover in the space of five minutes. Um, both of these written up by our fantastic news reporter Chase. Uh, The first one is that the head of community and former head of games for Kickstarter, Luke Crane, has quit. Um, Apparently by mutual decision um, is Mm -hmm. the way, or mutual (laughs) agreement, um, after the kind of disastrous and controversial launch of The Perfect RPG, um, which Crane kind of got a load of collaborators together um, to contribute to this book of um, RPG, I think, settings or modules. Um, uh, Among those was Adam Coble. Um, who had previously um, like role-played non-consensual sexual assault on a live stream for Far Verona, um, and then after that saw you know the kind of deserved backlash and criticism and exited the industry. Um, and Crane's inclusion of Cobol in this project was seen as being uh, both kind of underhanded because he was listed at the bottom of the list of contributors, which are in reverse alphabetical order. Um, apparently none of the other contributors were told. Um, Mm. So once it was kind of announced and Cobol's name was obviously alongside them, many of those contributors then put out statements saying that they had no idea of Cobol's involvement. That's one of the worst things to to sort of make someone implicit in something that they have no idea. Yeah, and they then subsequently quit the project and the project was cancelled, I think, within a day of launching. Um, And then, so Crane kind of put out a statement at the time which was a bit, yeah. was a bit yeah. whatever, um, was a little bit kind of like it's... Sidestepping. It's, yeah, it was kind of like, it kind of put the blame on the fault of the people who had called out all of this stuff rather than, uh, you know, like Crane and Goebel's own kind of uh, mistakes. Uh, and now Crane has, as as per Polygon, Polygon broke this story, um, reported that Crane has left the company, left Kickstarter, um, and Crane also put out an apology that doesn't mention Cobol by name, um, but kind of makes an apology, uh, and and kind of tr- tries to apologise. But yeah, it's uh, again it I, seems a bit yeah, like it's, half-hearted and making excuses. Like it's yeah, yeah, it comes a bit well, far too little, far too late, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I would advise, like I say, it's it's a lot to cover on a podcast in the space of a couple of minutes. Um, obviously, take everything I've said with a pinch of salt, but go and read Chase's excellent reporting on it, both the original story he wrote about the campaign being cancelled and Cobol's involvement, and this follow-up story about Crane leaving Kickstarter. Um, On a similarly kind of like a serious and complex note, uh, another one from Chase is that recently Magic the Gathering, um, the publisher Wizards of the Coast, uh, they've got a new Strixhaven set coming out soon, which is kind of their take on wizard school, uh, magical school. Um, they have cut ties with an artist who was accused of essentially plagiarizing art, fan art, um, in one of the cards in the new set. Uh, so I will find the specific card. Crux of Fate um, depicts uh, Ujin and Nicol Bolas, the two dragon gods, or two of the dragon gods for Magic of the Gathering, uh, and folks, including the the artist of the fan art, um, so Kit Lapina, uh, who goes by Scary Pet on Twitter, um, they pointed out that the art was very, very similar to a piece of fan art they did in 2016 um, of Nicol Bolas, and subsequently um, Wizards of the Coast has 
said that it, it will cut ties with the artist um, who illustrated the card. Um, and I believe it may be revised. Um, uh, I can't see confirmation of that. But, you know, they, they've cut ties regardless. And so, again, go and, yeah. go and read the full story that Chase wrote up because that has all of the details. It's I'm probably missing several key facts. Um, but obviously it's, yeah, it's not a good look mm. in general. Like it's not a good look for the, obviously the artists that plagiarize this stuff, but also, you know, like this, you would think should be caught earlier than this or there should will, be processes I will say in, in fairness to, to Wizards of the Coast, which is not a sentence that I utter very often, <laughs> um, it's like they, they work with a hell of a lot of artists. Yeah, it's like hard to hell catch of a lot stuff. Of, yeah. Like it, it is something that can slip through the cracks, so... For them to immediately be like, "All right, cool, we're just not going to work with them anymore." Like, you know, yeah, yeah that's the I'm sure there are other response. things they could do, but like that, yeah, that seems like the, the minimum response. Yeah, particularly in this case where it's it's an element of a larger illustration, so it's kind yeah. of like half of the illustration. It's not a direct yeah. kind of copy, but it definitely is looking at them side by side, um, as yeah. you can do in that article and on Twitter. So yeah, like I say, go and go and read the full article for all the details there. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to. Emails. If email. you've got an email for the Dicebreaker podcast, you can reach us at podcast at dicebreaker.com. Uh, Mian, this one's for you. Um, <laughs> in response to our discussion last week about helicopters on Mars, this one comes from James, <laughs> if you're up for reading it. Helicopters on Mars, yes. Uh, I, I'd be happy to read this. Uh, dear Dicebreakers, answering a question from the podcast... Uh, released on the 26th of March. Uh, Concerning if you have a helicopter on Mars, I'm a (laughs) physicist, and while this isn't my area of expertise, um, uh, I can only imagine that there are a handful of people in the world who could claim it was. I think I can shed some light. In principle, you can have a helicopter on Mars, although there are some problems. The atmospheric density on Mars is about 1% the density on Earth. This makes the lift force about 1% of uh, what it would be for a similar helicopter on Earth. This means that it's harder to get the helicopter to lift off the ground. However, the gravitational force on Mars is about the third of the strength of Earth, so this makes it easier to lift a helicopter off the ground. (laughs) You can try and overcome the reduced lift force by designing a very light helicopter with very wide rotor blades that spin very fast. So as long as you keep the helicopter light enough and the blades are big enough uh, and the blades are spinning fast enough, it should be possible to fly a helicopter on Mars. As part of the current NASA Mars mission, there is a test helicopter drone that they are attempting to show can fly in the Martian atmosphere. It is called Ingenuity. Kind regards, James. Thank you, James. Yeah, you thank go. you. <laughs> so, Matt, do you think you could get a budget? <laughs> I'm glad to announce Dicebreaker's visit to Mars. Look, yeah. we've already splashed out on the news chopper. We might as well give it an upgrade so that it can fly in, in Martian uh, atmospheres as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think ingenuity is is, uh, is a word that describes us as well as the, uh, the drones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, thanks, James, for your answer. We're definitely going to look into that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Expect the next podcast recording <laughs> on Mars. That's the next question we have for you, as you've now put it into. Can you record a podcast on Mars? It's the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, Lolis, would you like to read this next one from Callum, please, on Twitter? Sure. Uh, Callum says, what with having to be forced to use technology and digital versions of games these days, 
What games can you not wait to play physically when you can? And which games do you think the digital version is better and might find it hard to go back to? Ooh, good question. Um, so I know for me that one game I haven't played since we've been remote is Secret Hitler, which is a social Ooh. deduction game that I'm a massive fan of. And I know some people who've been playing it on like TTS or whatever, but I've refused because it's one of those games where like there's a lot of talking, a lot of shouting, there's a lot of players and that's bad enough in person. I would hate to have to do that over like a voice call. Um, you just can't I, read people as well either. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. I want to be able to look around and like look at, you know, how people are reacting to things. So yeah, for me, I've just not touched it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to being able to like get together and play that in person at some point there's also like um lots of games like physical games like um uh like games that kind of work like snap like uh happy salmon for example obviously can't mm. be played mm. over video so th- things like that like crocodile i, yeah. I really miss oh, god yeah. Crocodile yeah. Was crocodile. Gonna be my one. Yeah, yeah. there oh. are the list of games that i can't wait to play physically are endless so i'm not gonna keep going <laughs> um but there are games which i where kind of prefer the digital version um like I have a um, there's a TTS mod for Azul, for example, which is amazing because it does all the maths for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's Chef's Kiss, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I still like Azul IRL, but it's just like when it does everything and it's all very oh, easy. The, it's oh, you know. the clacky little tiles. Yeah, there, you don't. Are. I love yeah. those clacky but little they, tiles. But they they clacky in the TTS version. Oh, as well. you don't feel the clacky, and you don't get to ruffle your hand in the. <laughs> but way. you could you could the hold the clacky in your hand as you play on. TTS. Mm. No, it's not the same. The tiles feel like the kind of thing, you know when people chew on gold to test if it's real gold? They're the kind of thing you just want to just give a little nibble to. Like, no, ooh, Matt, ooh. don't put them in yeah, your mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a few games like that, I think, where um, there's been like TTS mods in particular uh, that have made it like really simple or, yeah, um, uh, have just done a really good job of like, replicating it, where I'm like, mm. I don't say it's better, but like, I would probably keep playing it digitally um i do think i think you're right with the whole maths thing definitely where it's like mm. if there's a game that really takes a lot of like working out like we played lost cities matt on Volcarina, yeah, we did yeah which is a super maths heavy game but it was, just, it was just so instant for us because we got the whole like ticking counter on the side so we, we had like a real idea of what was going on um i also really love uh i would like to be honest uh, Magic the Gathering Arena makes magic a lot more palatable. Uh, I do not want to play it physically anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, physically, I can't wait to play Dexterity games again. Oh my god, it's been mm. so long. Yeah, you know, everyone really, knows I love Dexterity games. I really want to play Catacombs with you because oh, I, I, I've been right. I've done a few news pieces in the past about Catacombs. And now I'm like, I want to, I want to experience this. We've so got bad. the newest edition as well that was lovingly mm, sent over. I know. By, <laughs> never uh, by got to play it. Yeah. Literally just before the pandemic hit, and like, mm. and they emailed and they were like, "Have you thought about doing a let's play?" It's like, I'm sorry, we can't. Like, <laughs> it's literally the one game we just can't play right now. But we will. No, we will. No. I promise. That sucks. Yeah, that like Junkart. Mm. Um, oh, I love Junkart. Oh my goodness, help me out here. What's the one with the pink free? Like pink or team green free. Oh, team three. Oh, like, team three. I love team three. Team we should three definitely so do that good. when we come back. Um, dread. We should, we I think should... we spoke about doing dread. Yeah, we were right? gonna we Dread's were gonna great. play a game of we dread. Did do dread. We did we did a before. stream of uh, the yeah. Aspenade gang, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. But Dread's we were gonna it. do it. Yeah. 
we did, uh, of course, we did uh, Rhino Hero, Superbad, oh! on stage at EGX Res. That was so um, good. And our jokes about punching animals did not land because nobody <laughs> else was in the pub with oh. us the night before. <laughs> How dare they not get it? I miss, guys, I miss dexterity games. I love dexterity yeah. games. It's one of my favourite genres. Mm. I can't play it. I'm just absolutely itching for the the first chance to get to break out that crocodile board with oh, a gang of friends and just be like, look, you've got a like, yeah. crocodile tournament. That's the first, the first <gasps> thing on the schedule. Oh. Before, before the pandemic hit, like Johnny organized like a a, a a kitty so that we could all get one for the office, and now we none of us can use it. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, have we done a video on crocodile yet? Because the new me, person yeah, made Matt did a Ooh, the last. Day oh, did in the that office. go live? Oh, okay, I was gonna say otherwise we could have done like a you've never played with a new person. Well, that's still a you've never played though. That's still a you've never played. Yeah. So if so, the new look. person hasn't played it, whenever the new Ooh. person starts. That might be another video we could do That's when we get back. The, the right of initiation for anyone that joins Icebreaker is Crocodile. Get some bevies. Do a little... Cro- we could do a little... Um, we could I do would like... love to do a Icebreaker tournament. That yeah, I was so. just going to yeah. say we could do like a little tournament and get some bevies and stuff. And that'd be mm. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're an odd oh. number, so we'll have to work that out. <laughs> That's all right. So we'll have to have a we'll just get We'll get somebody in. Well, you can be the bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I would say on the the digital games that are sometimes better, I love Root, but I think playing Root digitally and just having some of those more complex kind of chewy rules handled by the game itself. Also, it looks great. Um, Mm. Like, I'm not... Well, I definitely wouldn't have played Root as much without playing the digital version so much, but Mm. I'm not sure I would have fallen as heavily in love with it if I hadn't played as much. So, I've only played the physical version once, uh, and that was way back when I played it for the first time. Um, when you had and... the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep, indeed. Um, and then I've only been playing the digital version since. And it, it's really good, but I am desperate to play all these games that I've fallen in love with over the past year, like Scythe, Root, like Cla- uh, Clank. Um I just want to play them with other people because it's that it's that sharing experience, isn't it? It's like, yeah, like my friends and I have literally sat there, dreamed and dreamed about like playing the copy of Scythe I now have. <laughs> but I've not, I've not, it's still like a lot of it's still in the packaging because I've not been able to play it. Mm. Um, I also really want to play Eldritch Horror. I just really want to play Eldritch Horror right now. Like... Uh, and I don't know if there's a good digital TTS version. I think version there is a scripted version I've looked at before. Um, it's but, super popular, so yeah, I'd imagine there is. Yeah, but I just, I just this game. I've sat here and just thought, I just really want to play that right now, mm. right now. <laughs> I will say, when we all get back in the office, like whatever that short run of videos ends up being like after we're back in the office are going to feel electric. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We're going to be so hyperactive. Gonna, we're yeah. not going to be able to focus on So much on chaotic them. energy built up over <laughs> the last year and a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It'd be like a nuclear explosion. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Uh, Wills, would you like to read this next one from Jason? Speaking of get, coming out of the pandemic, finally. Ah, well, thank you for your question. Jason Corfin, who asks... Once the pandemic is under control, if you could go anywhere in the world for a three-week vacation Ugh. on a not-too-limited budget, uh, what would you have to eat for lunch on the second Tuesday? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh, Jason! 
Thank you for your (laughs) brilliantly specific question. Oh, I do love paella. I think I think I'm I'm yeah, paella sounds great. (laughs) We'll we'll go from wherever we can get paella then. See some Spanish, ladies. See free free week vacation. I feel like the first the first week you're there, right? You you have the local delicacies, you try that. By the second week, I think yeah, you hit that point Tuesday, where you're like, no, you're right. You yeah, get to that point geez. where you're like, look, we've got to we've got to do we've got to do what's done traditionally and go to McDonald's and see what like local variations there are. <laughs> no, like I, I remember don't agree. going to I do not agree. going no, to I've Rome been, and there was yeah, like I've been, battered I've olives. Been to a Singapore McDonald's. Yeah, got some wild, got some wild stuff there. Yeah. No way. I feel we were out drinking, so it's like, you know, it wasn't like us having dinner, it was us having like a quick burger after us drinking. So it wasn't like a <laughs> and also big it's, meal. Lu- it's lunch, right? You know, you save yeah. the big kind of or, <gasps> stuff uh, for dinners. Um, I'd have a Greek gyros, one of those yummy Marka gyros. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would I don't know. You're gonna I'm gonna get the biggest sigh in the room ever. I just want like I so when I went to Japan, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Did you I go knew to that Japan? was coming. No, it was coming. Oh my god! I never knew. Ghost, you never no. knew. Went to Japan. Wow. <laughs> yeah, get out. Get out. Exhaust yourselves. Um, <laughs> we had some like really fancy food, but one of the best things I I ate there was there are these just restaurants i'm calling them restaurants a bit much they're more like canteens that you go to mm. that are in like department stores and um food one courts. of them oh what food courts, food courts. Yeah, yeah yeah uh and <laughs> one of them did like um it's an omelette it's they call it omu rice but it's an omelette like with rice in it. Is that the one you mm. cut open and it all just like... Yeah, it all comes out. out. Uh, and I had one of those. And oh my God, I just want that. That sounds like, great. Be- it was yeah. amazing. That and then for dessert, matcha ice cream. Like it, uh, there was like a Mr. Whippy matcha ice cream that I had. That was amazing. I feel like you can't be in your 20s or, or 30s, like early 30s, late 20s at this age. Uh, without like at one point wanting to go to Japan or have been there, like, <laughs> mm, I've been it's, it's like the millennial yeah. dream. <laughs> yeah, I'm destined to go. It's a great place to. I loved it. It was fantastic. Mm. Uh, I oh have just looked it up. It looks great. This omu rice thing. Oh, omu yeah. rice. Yeah. Okonomiyaki as well. Oh, that sounds incredible. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Want all the things. I'm hungry now. All right, let's yeah. move on to yeah, this next I'm question really... so we can finish up and eat. Thanks for your question, Jason. <laughs> Um, Meme, would you like to read this one from Weihan Lim, please? I can do, yeah. Um, Weihan Lim asked, entirely inspired by Matt's slip of the tongue in the previous episode. Uh-oh. <laughs> what would have brought... <laughs> You're like a 70s comedian. <laughs> oh, hello. Ken Dodd. Oh, hello. Well, well, well. <laughs> What would a board game about podcasts look like? Oh God! So I, I, because I went through these questions last night and I started thinking. Oh, about you've this, been so prepping your answers. That's not fair. <laughs> that's look, not that's fair. That's the that's the benefit I get as the person that puts together this document. So I'm I'm going to kick off if you're all thinking. So I think a board game about. I refuse, I refuse to point. think. I know. Look, yeah. board game. Look, normally, it's so easy because like I talk and then like all your answers look like they come naturally, but. <laughs> Look, you're peeking behind the curtain here. But I think <laughs> Board Game Back Podcast, it's got to be about obviously getting as much audience as possible. 
And I think it would be an arrangement of you have different sections of your podcast, maybe on a board, and you're drawing tiles and the tiles are guests. And you're trying to arrange the guests in the most relevant sections so that you then have the most appeal to your audience. And so at the end of the each round, you calculate your audience depending on which guests you got in, how relevant they were. And then maybe there's like a random element of like, they said something controversial or they, you know, broke some news or something like that. And that's like a die roll or a card or something like that. But I think it's it's got to be about the arrangement of the podcast itself rather than wow. like... Wow, Matt, I can't believe you came up with thing. that just now. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow, off the cuff. See, now I think, and this, really you're, this is going to be even better as an answer because I just thought of it right now. I think it would actually work pretty well as an asymmetric game because you've mm. got so many different types of podcasts, right? So yeah, you've got your like guest talk show, but you've also got your like weird one where you'd like go really in depth on one specific uh, like topic that you were both really passionate about you've got maybe there's like one player who has to do like the true crime podcast or whatever and they've all got completely different rules for trying to achieve the same thing mm. i have two ideas and they're both specific to the dice breaker podcast okay because okay. i want to make a board game about this podcast specifically <laughs> me and's pushy luck chopper <laughs> so yeah no, no. So one of them would be about a very real terror that we experience uh, on a regular basis, which is it would be a push it up game about whether your podcast actually recorded or not. So... <laughs> but only me and can play it. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be something like you have to, there's a, I don't know, there's some sort of reward for, for recording this many podcasts without chesting your equipment. It's like OBS then, the board game. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you might get to a point where oh no, you 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 tried you know, you tried to push it too far and you've just lost a two hour recording or the, the voice quality is really bad or the video doesn't work or something like that. And the other game would be which is the game I play every time we record the podcast, which is Can I Make Wheels Laugh? <laughs> That's an easy that's game. Yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> yeah. a really easy game. I love it. That's why I like it, because it's really easy. <laughs> it's like, that's like, that's your nice little Snakes and Ladders variant. Of wheels, wheels, wheels. Farts. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very bad. I genuinely yeah, thought you'd no. froze him with like, perfect, to- like Toto just landing on the button at that exact <laughs> moment. <laughs> Uh, I have an idea that I just came up with just now, seeing as I didn't have 24 yeah, hours to no prepare for this. No preparations. So I'm a big fan of area control games, and I think mm. that you could almost like reskin Monopoly to a certain extent and like make an area control thing where like you're trying to reach your podcast, kind of similar to Matt's original idea that he thought up about 500 hours ago, um, but that you like <laughs> wow. have to try and reach as many different audiences like around different areas. So you're like, oh, uh, there's good. an area control. And then there's an element as well of like, um, of getting like, you have to try and get advertising for your podcast. So it's like, I don't know how that works, but there's like, that comes into it where you like, plop that in somewhere i don't know and maybe it's like there's a relevant thing i think i think i'm essentially just like tagging on to matt's idea but that i think there should be like an error control no i think that's a that's thing. really good actually the error control stuff. yeah 
Matt, how about this for a game? I get a button that I press in. It says emails really loudly. <laughs> how about an asymmetric game thinking... where the host tries to keep it on topic and all the other players <laughs> yeah. are trying oh, to do I was it. thinking like a version of Buckaroo where we, we hang tangents on Matt <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. But yeah, thank you for your question. And that will do it almost for this week's Dicebreaker podcast. Uh, but before we leave you, uh, Lolies and Wills, what have we got coming up over on youtube.com slash dicebreaker? But you know, it's yep. coming like, you know, the questions well, I throw at you off the cuff. Are... You know this bit. We've done a year of these now. Yeah, and I'm so prepared. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you'll be listening to this on Good Friday. So uh, happy Easter um, mm. over the weekend. And yeah, over it's weekend... Good Friday because the podcast's coming out. Yeah, the, the goodest of It's only of a Fridays. Good Friday when the Dicebreaker podcast is out. And guess what? The Dicebreaker podcast comes out every Friday. Um, so we'll have me and Loli's playing Din uh, with the new horror deck, which is pretty exciting. Um, on the the day after, you'll watch us playing Splendor with uh, with the app that we were talking about as well. Then, if you're in the UK, you can enjoy a nice, relaxing bank holiday Monday. Um, and then the Wednesday after that, we'll be playing Oath with myself, uh, Lodi's and Matt Jarvis with Cole Worley, the designer. We all um, neglected to mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast when we yeah, said what have we been playing well, now, now it's even more exciting because people will be like what we can talk about it next week yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll talk about it next week uh, we, we talked about a lot of games at the start we did um, and we uh, yeah we're, we're going to be uh, looking at the brand new game from the designer of Root and John Company and Pax Maneer so very very exciting and we've got him with us to teach us the game and he's he's good fun he's a, he's a, he's he's a good great. fun path yeah he's got some hot takes I love it yeah, yeah. I did not expect Cole Worley to describe me as daddy during the, during the game of Oath that <laughs> oh we played oh my god why oh I my god i forgot about, about that yeah that yeah, happened yeah. that was completely yeah. out of the blue like cole worley yeah. like very intelligent <laughs> we, game designer about historical fair, like arguments in, in context it sounds a lot a lot worse than, than you're putting it matt like it was it was like back to daddy you know yeah. but like yeah. when you just say cole worley called me daddy it's, it, gives, it gives a connotation i'm not wrong look <laughs> you know I, i'm a journalist it's, i know how to present correct. the facts in a, um <laughs> So the the stream next week as well uh, will depend on whether or not something arrives. But, you know, look out for that. But on Friday, when the podcast returns, we'll have a special guest. <gasps> oh special my God. guest! Um, so obviously take this a pinch of salt just in case something happens. But <laughs> Jeremy Gage from the Draw Your Dice podcast will be joining us. Uh, and we're going to, I mean, to talk about podcast game design, mm. that's a podcast about game design. So we'll see what his thoughts are on making a podcast game. Uh, so join us for that next week. Can you right. copy and paste this exact questions to next week's podcast, please? Matt? Yeah, can so that we can ask. ask I mean, I'm not question. here. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, really. I'm off on holiday. <laughs> oh, not no. my problem anymore. I'll just listen to it on Friday and tut disapprovingly. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I would have read the questions now before. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, over on dicebreaker.com, you can obviously find daily news stories uh, from me and our wonderful news reporter Chase. Um, you can find me, like I say, writing about Mother's Embrace and the fact that I didn't enjoy it very much. But if you want some more details on that, uh, <laughs> that's a piece that went up last week. Uh, there should also be a piece from me on Monster Hunter. I've been writing stuff for the website. It's almost unheralded. Wow. Um, wow. Me, no wonder you're so busy this week. <laughs> uh, Mian, meanwhile, has ranked dice. It's the oh. ultimate ranking of dice. Um, so yeah, D4, D6, D8, D10, D12, D20. Um, oh, get yeah, ready. I... 
I'm I'm prepared to shout at you if I don't agree with every single one of them. <laughs> uh, you should see the notes I left in the Google Doc where it was like every every other section was like, "What? How dare you put this here? <laughs> How dare you say this about yeah. my beloved beloved D10?" This is yeah. going to be the most controversial article. Yeah, yeah I think this so. Spi- spicy stuff is coming out. Hmm. Um, uh, there you go. <laughs> already up, we have Chase who wrote about the Wretched. Um, which is a solo RPG um, that he was really taken by uh, these last couple of weeks. Um, we've had Luke Shaw writing about the kind of Warhammer community that have taken to Tabletop Simulator to keep playing Age of Sigma tournaments, which is a really, really fantastic piece. Um, and also, hopefully coming up, um, but it you know, depends how long uh, she needs of it, Sam Nelson has been playing The Initiative, uh, which Ooh. is the new game from Corey Koneshka, of Star Wars Rebellion and Mansions of Madness co-designer and Eldritch Horror co-designer and Twilight Imperium 4 and so on. That's uh, his new game out of his new studio, Unexpected Games, um, which, yeah, it's shaping up to be really interesting. It's kind of like a a campaign-based game, um, which is why I don't know exactly when that review will be in yet, but it will be in soon. Um, And I'm really looking forward to hearing Sam's thoughts on that. But for now, that is the Dicebreaker Podcast. Thank you for joining me, Alex Lolis. Thank you, and good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being it, Alex Meehan. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> that's that's the continual feeling of the Dicebreaker Podcast. Thank you, uh, uh, Wheels. I don't get no respect. No respect. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Matt Jarvis. Thank you for listening. I hope you're staying safe out there. We will be back. Well, this lot will be back next Friday. I won't be here. I'll be off doing something else. Um, probably watching anime. You'll be in um, Spain so... eating paella, won't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be or on McDonald's. Mars flying a helicopter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare take that dream away from me. <laughs> uh, the Dicebreak Podcast will be back next Friday, but stay safe. Uh, we will catch you then. But until then, have... A lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye.